world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Salt, <coughs> amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I went through withdrawal yesterday. I don't know if you guys know what that means, but uh, my phone broke. Screen on my phone, I dropped it, cracked it down the middle, cracked it on the edge. I figured it wasn't going to survive much longer. And the unbelievable thing was I called over to the guy who repairs cell phones, and I had to leave it. That's right. I had to go for about three hours without my cell phone yesterday. And you laugh about it. You think you're not addicted to that thing? Sometimes I think I'm going to walk out of the house. I'm more likely to walk out of the house without pants on than without my, my cell phone. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The first thing you check for is you make sure you got your cell phone. Sometimes my wife's got to keep an eye on and make sure I got pants on when I go out the door. So anyway, I got a new phone, got it all repaired here, ready to go. And uh, a little bit, scrambling here a little bit. Chet Gallagher, one of my favorites, Chet Gallagher is supposed to be on with us today. And I don't know if I've messed up on connection and getting Chet in here. You know, I spoke about him yesterday as a, as a police officer in Nevada who uh, uh, they ordered him to go arrest people. And he said, I'm not, not going to go do that. And it cost him his job, and we'll keep we'll keep working on. It. If Chet comes in here, we'll get him in here. If he if he doesn't make him make it in here, we'll uh, uh, we'll get him in here uh, tomorrow, or the next day, because he has a fabulous fabulous story to, to be able to tell. And as we get ready to roll in here, Myra, let's go ahead and get you to let you pray us in here, dear. We'll be delighted to coach. Um, I'm going to read uh, Romans fourteen twenty seven. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink amen righteousness peace and, peace and, joy. and joy in the holy ghost jesus you're welcome to coach dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you i unleash resurrection power love and joy to you in jesus name amen 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 i uh listen i want to heard, heard from a couple couple three people Listen, I want to apologize yesterday. Anybody that was offended by this to uh, the, the patent thing yesterday and the uh, am I the only one? There's vulgar language in it. I, you know, I tried to give you, I tried to give you, fair, tried to give you fair warning. So if you were offended, it was never my intention to offend anybody. And uh, those of you who've responded to me, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, without getting really too deep into it, let me let me just kind of. Just kind of give you my my perspective on it. And I know a lot of you know what's going on, right? Uh, well, I, I don't even know if I'm, I don't even know if I want to dive into it. Here is uh, now because see if I say what I want to say, then it sounds it's not going to come out right. And and really, I I was had some trepidation even before I played it yesterday. I thought should I should I play it? But uh, even though this is a Christian show, I'm after the heart of men. I hope you understand that. I'm after the heart of men. And the truth of the matter is, 
Men talk like that. <laughs> Men talk like that. Now, uh, one guy, one person responded, and it was very, very true. How do you, how do you invite the Holy Spirit in and then have language like that? You know, let Myra prays in every day and then have language like that. I get it. I get it. So uh, I'll, I'll be guarded. I'll be careful with what, what, I, what I do. But I, to me, uh, the Bible tells us it's out of the abundance of the heart. It's the things that are in your heart that are far more dangerous than what comes out of your mouth. Same thing with diet, food. It's not what you. It's not what the man eats that defiles him. It's what comes out of him that defiles him. And it was interesting because I, I made it up to with Jeff, up Jeff Klein last night up at in Mount Vernon where uh, Neil Peterson was up there to speak. Neil did a little uh, election tour yesterday up in Knox County area, and and then uh, Neil preached last night and he preached preached on forgiveness, and it was a pretty pretty powerful pretty. And and uh, I wonder how many of us really. How much of us are carrying around the poison of unforgiveness in our lives? Unforgiveness. And that's what Neil preached on last night. It was, it was powerful. And a lot of us are having troubles with, with family members, especially in this whole thing going on with COVID. And my goodness, the division of families and division of friends over, over this thing. And we have to know that the, the, the job of the enemy is divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. And I would just hope all of us understand this, that uh, who's going to be in that foxhole with you? Who's going to be standing and fighting in that foxhole with you if things come down the way that we really expect them to come down? And uh, yesterday's broadcast aside, I'm not talking about that. I can't tell you the number of people who come and go from the queue over personal offense. Personal offense. Now I don't know how how you guys are. I I never, ever, uh, I never have the initial reaction to personally offend somebody. I never want. I never do that. I never. I'm, it's not like I come down the steps in the morning and say, "Boy, I'm I'm going to get him today." Oh, I'm going to get. I, I, and so last night when when Neil was was uh, praying that prayer that everybody was praying to, he had to actually call out names. Call out names. Forgive people. Call out names. You could hear people calling out names. And I have to tell you something. I, I didn't have any. I didn't have any names to call out. I didn't have any names to call out. Because why? As much as is within me, I, I don't. I don't carry grudges. I, I just don't. I, mean, I don't have time to do it. Now, for those of you out there who uh, uh, who understand what I'm talking, I, well, y'all do. I, I get it. Um, there's a difference between forgiving and forgetting. Forgiving and forgetting. And I've shared before that I remember when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross. If you remember, he hung him. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's because, I don't know, they never ask him for personal forgiveness. How do you forgive somebody that's never asked you for forgiveness? It's so hard. And I've heard people say before, man, if he just said he, would, he was sorry. Yeah. Remember this, the Lord says in the same way that you forgive others is the same way you're going to be forgiven. Have you asked the Lord to forgive you of every screw up you ever made? Have you asked him to do it? Have you asked the people that you've offended to give you? To, do you know it's possible to offend people and not even know it? Do you know that I've had people angry on me on this show over something I said and I didn't even know? I didn't even know they were mad about it. And I think, you broke fellowship over that? What? 
You broke fellowship over that? People in your family aren't your enemy. People in this queue aren't your enemy. Remember the days, uh, boys out there, men out there, remember the days when you'd have a bone to pick with somebody and it went to fisticuffs and you punched him a couple times and he punched you a couple times and then you got up and you put your arm around his shoulder and you, you were best buddies again. We don't do that anymore. We harbor offense. We harbor it. We stew over it. We get mad over it, over something somebody said or somebody something somebody did. Most times, maybe not even knowing they offended you. So it was a it was it was powerful last night uh, to see how many people underneath that little tent were carrying, were carrying an offense at somebody. So you know, I, I apologize to anybody out there that I, that I've offended. Didn't mean to. Truth offends, man. Jesus was known as the rock of offense. He was the rock of offense. And I got to tell you something. I think America might be a little bit better off if we did offend some people. If we did, in fact, begin to stand up and speak up and say, hey, listen, dude, that's wrong, and I don't approve of it. Hey, dude, you said that, and I don't agree with it. I think we might be in a better situation if some of us began to do a little bit more of that, rather than to roll over Amen. and let them say what they want to and do Amen. what they want to, not make a, take a position and not risk a friendship and all Gee, if you're going to get mad over something that's said on this show, you weren't my friend to begin with. And if I'm going to get mad over an email you sent me, then I wasn't your friend to begin with. We got to be honest with each other. We got to be, we're at war. You got to know when you get in a foxhole beside some guy, you can count on him. You got to know when you get in the huddle, that guy's going to try to get his block. We got to get beyond personal offense. Amen. And it's hard. Amen. Because that pain doesn't go away, right? And you keep repeating that pain. And that was the Lord's prayer. Father, forgive them. Mister, I can't do this, Lord. I, I cannot forgive them. I'm going to try. But every time I hear his name, I get that feeling inside of me. Every time I hear her name, I cringe. Lord, I've tried to forgive them. I can't. You forgive them for me, Lord. You forgive them for me. I think it was a, I think it was a powerful message. Powerful message. Let's give each other some slack, all right? I'm looking at the names here on the queue. Scroll down here a minute. Myra's not my Myra's not my enemy. Reggie's not my enemy. Let me get him down here. Come on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Angie, you're not my enemy. Bernie, you're not my enemy. Betty. Big Dan. Bob. Bob Roy, you're not my enemy. Dag gone. You're my brother. You guys are my brothers. Bonnie? Brett? Kathy, you're not my you're not my enemy. We gotta give we gotta give each other slack because we are really really elbow deep into a war. We don't most people you come in contact with still have no idea what's going on around them. They still don't understand. They still don't get it. They don't understand, friends, that we have that we are living in a seized nation, seized by a Luciferian uh, force called government. The government no longer represents us, no longer represents us. We saw the jury nullification yesterday in Washington, D.C., where Sussman had clearly committed a crime. As Vinny said in the pre-show, it wasn't even open for discussion. They didn't have to, they didn't have to produce evidence uh, for a trial that Sussman had lied under oath. They had the evidence. They had his email saying he said it. 
He was guilty. And they took it to a jury. What happened? The jury ignored it, found him not guilty. Not guilty. Well, how can you find him not guilty of something they clearly had the evidence that he did? They didn't say uh, guilty but excused. They didn't say guilty but forgiven. Guilty but we're not going to do anything about it. They said not guilty. And it goes back, I was joking earlier, the T-shirt that I, that, uh, that I wore again yesterday, indict Hillary. Lock, lock her up. Lock her up. I got one of those shirts hanging around here somewhere. Lock her up. How can she possibly be walking the streets? Well, she's walking the streets now. We understand why. Because there are, there are two systems of government. Why was it uh, uh, the old guy said, it's a big club and you ain't in it? It's a big club and we're not in it. I didn't talk to Sarah Brady. I don't know how, how things went yesterday for her and her trial out there, waiting two years to get a trial for a $25 fine for trespassing, thousands and thousands of dollars in an injustice, illegal system. We have got to come to the realization. That's why I wanted Chet to get on here, and I'll get him on tomorrow. But at what point At what point do police officers say, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm not arresting that guy. Sorry. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. At what point do they do that? At what time do American soldiers begin to say, I'm sorry, I swore an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, and I'm not taking that shot. At what point do pastors stand up and say, hey, I support America, I'm an America first guy, uh, but I am not going to bow my knee and close my church. At what point do we move beyond, at what point do we have godly obedience resulting in civil disobedience. Folks, do you understand that those two things sometimes come shoulder to shoulder? That those two things happen because what? Huh? I will not do that. I will not. My king says don't do that, and I will not do that. There was a discussion going on at the beginning of the show about election process and everything that's going on, and Trump's going to ride in here and save us, and, and uh, uh, you know, they're going to do this down in Washington, D.C., or I'm sorry, in, in Georgia, and they're going to check the ballots out there in, in Arizona, and, and Trump's coming back, and Juan O'Savin's going to save us, and Q's got it covered, and a lot, of, a lot of false dope out there, my friends. A lot of false dope. The reality of it is uh, we are only going to save this nation if we as individuals begin to stand up, step up, speak up, That's the only way it's going to happen. And if we don't do that, they're going to clamp down so hard. If you don't think there's another pandemic coming, I don't. You're dumber than a rock. You're dumber than a rock. To know that the police are going to come, and what are the police going to do? They're going to enforce the government order. That somewhere along the line, you out there, Chad? That's why I want Chad in here. Somewhere along the line, they went from. Protecting and, serving, uh, protecting and serving to defending the government. That's what our police department has become. What happened, Chad? You come in and play Chad here for a minute. Chatting in here today, I didn't even look. Somebody spank him for not being in there. He calls himself the whatever. So, friends, I think that's what we're dealing with, you know? And and I, I, I somebody sent me a video to this morning. What a... What a night I had. That my cat, our cat. How do I ever get a cat? Opie's up at Opie. Opie's up at 320. I don't know. He wants to go outside and get in a fight and get his butt kicked. <laughs> he wants to go out something out the window. He wants to go out there and fight some other cat or something out there. Now I went on for 20 minutes, crawling up over me and under me and blah blah. I said, man, I'd, get, I'd put a bull in that guy's head here real quick. I didn't. I didn't. 
But the whole idea that we're supposed to just blindly, obediently follow government edicts and government rules, and look what's going on. Look at how those cops stood down in Texas at that shooting. Look what's going on with Sarah Brady going broke, simply trying to defend herself. It's going to get worse. Because there's a God of this world, see? And we don't realize it. Anyway, I was saying, I was watching a video. Somebody sent me it's a powerful. I'm going to, I watched about half of it this morning. Of course, Opie had me up so early on uh, the infiltration. Infiltration. Do me a real quick uh, favor there, uh, uh, Hunter, why I just saw it. Spencer, whatever your name is. Go to uh, John 10. John 10. Because one of the greatest uh, disappointments for all of us is going to find out that uh, the guy that we've been trusting as, as our pastor can be trusted. Uh, I'm, let's, do, let's do this. Barely, barely I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth and sheep hear his voice, and he calls the name, calls own sheep by name, and he leads them out. We're talking about the shepherd of the flock. Leading the sheep out. When's the last time your pastor led you out? When he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him. The sheep know the voice of the shepherd. The stranger, they're not going to follow. They're going to flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Stay with me. This parable, Jesus spoke to them, but they didn't get it. They didn't get what he said. So he said, okay, let me try it again here, boys. I say unto you, I'm the door, the sheep. I am. The Holy Spirit's the porter. You're going to come in and you're going to do my work. You've got to come through me. I'm the door. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. Now, hang on, Spencer. Go back to the very first verse. Go back to the very first verse. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that entereth not in the door to the sheepfold, but come up some other way, is a thief and a robber. In the very first uh, verse, he tells us who the thief and the robber is. It's somebody that came in some other way. Somebody who got up into that pulpit some other way. Back down to verse 9, Spence. It says, I'm the door, and if any man shall enter in, he shall be saved, shall go in and out and find passion. But the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy, and I've come that you might have life, and that they may have life more abundantly. Hey, Spencer, I hate to do this to you. He's talking about a thief. The thief cometh to steal. And to kill. We haven't heard anything about a devil yet. Go back to verse 1. Who's the thief? Who's the thief? He that entereth not by the door. That's a thief and a robber. Some guy got in that pulpit and was never called to be in that pulpit. There's your thief and your robber. And quit telling me that the devil came to kill and to steal and to destroy. He may have. That's not what the verse says. It's not what it says. He identifies the thief in verse 9. And he comes back to it again because they didn't get it. He said, that guy that came in some other way, wasn't called by me to stand in the pulpit, that guy who doesn't listen to me, that guy who, who closes down his church, you know what I'm talking about, that guy? He said, that guy is a thief and a robber. And he came to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. And I've come to my have life and have him born. I'm the good shepherd, he said. I am. You follow me, I'm the good shepherd. Why? I lay down my life for the sheep, Jesus said. But he that is an hireling, Wow, folks, I don't know how 
American Christianity can so miss this verse. Boom. Went from thief to hireling. Do you understand that, folks? Do you understand he identified the thief as a hireling? Do you understand that or not? He didn't understand. He he did not identify the thief as the devil. He did not identify the thief as the devil. He identified it as a hireling. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming. Um, Who would that be? Who would that be? The wolf. Because we got a hireling and a fake shepherd and a wolf. Well, I posit to you that the devil's the wolf. Yeah. He sees the devil coming and leaves the sheep. And he flees and the devil catches the sheep and scatters them. Because the guy who's in the pulpit, just because it's a cakey job, flees. Because he's in it for the money. He don't care for the sheep. So, friends, who's come to kill and to steal and to destroy? Devil. No. The hireling pastor. Right there it is. Right there it is. Hey, dude, I'm, I'm sorry. Let, let me finish this. Hey, Spence, pull that up in the message. Pull that up in the message Bible. Because they've told us over and over that the devil's the one coming to kill and to steal and destroy, which he does through hirelings, by the way. He said, let me say this as plainly as I can. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen, church, instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good. He's a sheep rustler. The shepherd walks right up to the gate. Gatekeeper opens the gate, and he goes right in there, and sheep all recognize his voice because he's... He calls his own sheep by name, and, they lead, and he leads them out. When he gets them all out, he leads them, and they follow him because they're familiar with his voice. They won't follow some stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. Jesus told them a simple story, but they had no idea what he's talking about. So he tried it again. said, come on, boys. I'll be explicit here. I'm the gate to the sheep, Jesus said. Holy Spirit, all those others are up to no good. The sheep rustlers. Who's he talking about? Every one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I'm the gate. Anyone goes through me will be cared for. We'll freely go in and out and find pasture. But a thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that you can have real and eternal life, not more and better life than those guys ever dreamed of. So I'm a good shepherd. Good shepherd puts the sheep before himself, sacrifices himself if necessary. But a hired man's not a real shepherd. Sheep mean nothing to him. He says the wolf come and he runs, leaving the sheep to be ravaged and scattered bull or wolf because he's only in it for the money. I thought we were talking about the devil. I thought the devil comes to kill and to steal and destroy. Sheep don't matter to him. He says, I'm a good shepherd. I, I know my sheep. My sheep know me the same way the father knows me and I know the father. And I put the sheep before myself, sacrificing myself if necessary. You need to know that I have other sheep in addition to those opinions. Yada, 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 yada. I'm all over the place this morning. I'm all over the place. But we are we are being betrayed, betrayed 
because, well, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The Christian leadership in America today doesn't understand what's going on. They don't get it. Ariel, come on in. You've been waiting a while. Got to unmute yourself. Coach, good morning. I have uh, something I've got to say about uh, anyone who uh, says anything against General Patton. General Patton and people like him prevented us from speaking Japanese right now. (laughs) Amen. Amen. It's a fact. And furthermore, people that criticize that man for being able to get his point across and lead our soldiers should read the book, The Long Gray Line. Hmm. And right now, we need a million general patents because we are in trouble. May God Amen. So listen, here RL Wilson, here's here's the here is we have an identity crisis, friends. We have an identity crisis. And if you watch this uh if you watch this show at all regularly, I know I say some stuff that probably makes you mad. I'm trying to get us to man up. I'm trying to get us to man up. And the truth of the matter is, apart from uh, the song that Aaron Rodgers, Aaron, uh, that we played yesterday, that was vulgar. He, he didn't have to, he didn't have to sing that. Okay, I get it. But General Patton's language was General Patton's language. It was what it was. And our language, more than anything. I believe our language is a witness. It is a witness. I I say things in front of my wife that I would never say in front of other people because my wife knows me more deeply than anybody. And she knows my heart. And she knows when I say some things in private, it's out of the abundance of my heart. It's what's in my heart, so I say it. And I really believe, I'm I'm sorry, listen, I really believe that we have been so We've been taught to be so guarded about what we say for fear of what we might appear to be that it's taken the courage right out of us. Hey, Coach. I'm not, I'm not making, listen, I'm not making one excuse, not one excuse for the harsh language I played. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done it. Hey, Coach. But at the same time, as I said yesterday, I thought I said yesterday, Men who talk like that, they're going to save America long before a pastor does. Long before a non-angry pastor does. Amen. Hey, Coach. That's, that's, that's my point. Go ahead, Brett. Yeah, just regarding General Patton, I think he was an awesome general. But don't forget, as a captain, he was in control of many troops when they, uh, when they took out the um, World War II veterans on the uh, – down in D.C. Uh, was that the script? Was it called the script soldiers? And uh-huh. their families? 
Right. So he, he was, he participated in routing them out and burning the tents and uh, bringing tanks in. So, you know, he, <laughs> he, he had a change, he had a change of heart somewhere along the line, thank God. But uh, yeah, he was, he was responsible for some of that. Amen. Amen. I, you know, Brett, somebody, uh, maybe it was Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh said that uh, the military is designed to break things and kill people. And that's the harsh side of the American experience that, for the most part, many Christians don't want to deal with. Now, listen, I'm not criticizing anybody who sent me an email. I'm not angry about it. You were spot on. You were right on. I'm with you. And I'm not trying to justify what I did. But if you watch this show, you know I'm constantly talking about manhood. Now, you don't have to swear to be a man. But can I tell you the truth? That's how they talk in the huddle. That's how they talk in the, what do they call that? <laughs> I can't even think anymore. Foxhole. Thank you. That's, what they, that's how they talk in the foxhole. And I'm not, more than anyone, understand the importance of a good Christian witness. I understand it. I do. But uh, actions speak differently than words. And I'm going to continue to have a a man-up gospel here. Not a vulgar one, but a man-up gospel. Dennis, come on in. Going back to what you're talking about, like, you know, why these cops and you know, do nothing or <clears throat> don't act upon it. Or they're just, you know, they're, they're foot soldiers is what they are because yep. righteousness in men. And we'll just specifically talk about men, you know, has been so diminished, you know, due to the church, due to the feminizing of men, you know, they, they just, they're, they're so afraid of not being able to either, you know, provide or not to, you know, pay their bills. I mean, I, I watched it in the military with, you know, everybody in this shot. Oh, well, you know, I'm not in a financial place to do this. Well, it's because you, you, you don't have faith or, you're, you know, you're, you're letting fear take over. And that's not how we're supposed to operate, you know, if we're expanding the kingdom of God. And it took me many, many, many years to get to that point. You know, and it, and it put my family through a lot of hardship. But, you know, it's it's time to, you know, shut up and, you know, put your head in the game. Amen. So, fo- folks, listen, uh, uh, well said. Well said. I'm, I'm going to run down through you here a second. Let, let me make it. Let me make two more points. OK. Point number one. There's nothing that discourages me more than when I go to the abortion clinic. And I'm speaking harsh truth. Harsh truth to the women getting ready to murder their child. There's nothing that discourages me more than to have another Christian come up beside me and tell me, don't be so harsh. Killing a human being. Don't be so harsh. Are you kidding me? I hear that. And I'm trying every day in my life to speak to the heart of men. I come across, there are people listening to this show right now who maybe aren't Christians, who maybe are sick of, of sissified 
nobody do anything Christians. And rather than somebody at the abortion clinic being mad because I used harsh language with some girl going into the abortion clinic, she didn't matter her pastor who's sitting home reading Franklin Graham's latest book, not doing anything. Hey, I'm not trying to justify anything. I'm not on the defensive. I'm trying to explain. Go, Joseph. Then, then Mel. There's a lot of famous generals and admirals out there. I've been able to serve plenty of them. But the foxholes, we were told, was for you to get your wits about you so you can get out of the foxhole <laughs> And run to your front line. And there's a famous saying out there, you can't handle the truth. Yep. Well, we gotta, we're going to have to be getting the out of our foxholes, Joseph. We're going to have to get out of our foxholes and handing out candy and clothing and cookies. Ain't going to get it done, boys and girls. Ain't going to get it done. That's right. Get your wits about you. Get your wits about you because it's coming. Amen. Mel and Dale. Melvin Thank you. So, I mean, I just feel like we've all been programmed. If we've watched television, if we've watched movies, if we've watched commercials, if we've sat in churches and thought that that was it, you know, pretty much doing nothing, putting in your hour and then going home and you know, living your life. So I think that you have to recognize that in yourself, that we've all been programmed. And then what I've found is that by turning off a lot of that, you know, I really start to recognize and seek the truth more and try to figure out what action, you know, what idea I can turn into action and actually make a difference. So, Amen, um, amen Mel. And so, again, I, I would ask this question. Well, maybe I haven't asked this question. Uh, when, when you think of pastor, what flashes through your head? What, what, what type of man are you looking for to be a pastor? I mean, really, if you if you want to do some soul searching, sit down and do a, the 10-step pastor characteristics. And I think you'll find out that's not the average man. <laughs> Sorry. That just isn't the average man. Dale, Dale's a pastor. Dale's a man's pastor. Come on, Dale. Well, brother, here we go. Let's roll with it. Listen, brother, I get it. I wouldn't listen to a song like that, but, you know, I, I get more offended on the stuff that sounds like they got Jesus in the back of a teen's car with skinny jeans on, kissing and making out with them. And that's the worship played on Sunday morning. I wonder what offends <laughs> the Lord more than, more than that song by, I don't even know who he was, Aaron of this, or the scene from General Patton. Now, I want to tie two other things. You know, I shared this in the after show yesterday. I said, we were, man, that bothered us that General Patton was slapping that guy in the helmet. Well, let's think about what Jesus, what did he say to that 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 servant who, had the talents and did nothing with it. That was a general pat moment. He's slapping him in the head. Not only that, he said, now take this one, this wicked, lazy servant and cast him into outer darkness. Yeah, right? Now, brother, yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder to think how, you know, how John the Baptist responded to Herod being a, an adulteress. I, I wonder how harsh he was with his words. Yeah, that's lastly, right. lastly, Coach, let's go to Isaiah, the sixth chapter. When we're talking about, oh, those are foul words. My ears will bleed if I listen to them. 
Listen to what Isaiah says in the sixth chapter. He's down in verse four. And the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him calling out while the temple was filled with smoke. Then I said, this is Isaiah speaking, woe is me for I am ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips. Wow. And I live amongst the people of unclean lips. What was Isaiah saying, brother? He, mm. had, he had some probably foul language in his mouth. Amen. As Reggie would say, he spoke sailor. Right? Hey, folks, listen. None of us are, I'm not justifying, okay? I'm not justifying foul language. Please don't get that. Don't get that. It's what's in your heart. It's what's in your heart. Not what you say. Bernie. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Um, We are not taught about our responsibility to rebuke, okay? Mm, well we said. have to, to speak up. I'm at Leviticus 19:17. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart, but thou shalt plainly rebuke thy neighbor and suffer him not to sin. Open rebuke is better than secret love, what the scripture says, Bernie. Keep going. Right, right. This is, um, this is uh, 19:17 in the uh, ESV. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. Now, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's that same verse, but it, um, you're hating your brother if you're not rebuking him. See, just like a father yeah. who doesn't train. Right. Uh, and the Lord loves these chastens, right? Right, right. And, and if you don't, you will fall into sin. We'll bring that upon oh. you, you see how our, our lack of rebuke has brought all this sin in the church. Bernie, what a point. See, lack of rebuke has, has normalized rebellion. Right. L- lack of rebuke has normalized. Well, if Bernie can get away with it, I can get yeah, away with we, it. But, but then again, it just comes down to we don't want to offend man, but we don't mind offending God. We don't That's understand right. that God is offended. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen, Bernie. Betty. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Coach. Yes, I agree with what you say. I'm totally against profanity, but I think there's a place and time for everything. And sometimes that's what it takes to wake some people up. They need a little slap in the face. And when they hear that, sometimes their eyes open a little more than when you're just talking. Yeah, I know when I joined the military, you know, the profanity just came out. <laughs> it was like, oh, no, what did I get into? I mean, I was like wanting to get back on the bus and just forget what I was going to be doing. But after six weeks, that T.I. was the most respected guy. I respected him and he got rid of the more or less the goats and the sheep. He kept his sheep because he was going to be a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And now getting off the bus, it's. Come on, little kitty, kitty. Oh, watch your step. Don't break that nail. That is what our military is turning into now. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's a world. See, so, so uh, I don't, I don't want to dwell on this. If I were to say, oh, poop. Nobody, nobody, I don't think anything about it, right? If I say, oh, S-H-I-T. Oh, oh, same thing. It's just a different, different word, right? Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Help it. I'm big myself a hole. I dig it. Reggie and Jeff. Good morning, Coach. I got a question. 
how are people going to fight evil if they're offended by a cuss word? I mean, you want to be in the war of all wars and already crying at the first day of training. Evil is vulgar. They thrive on bloodshed and they enjoy spilling entrails. And you're going to sit there and try preaching to your soldiers that are fighting and understand this war to watch their mouth. In the Orthodox Church, we study study, uh, the fathers of the church, the early, from all the apostles, um, all the first, you know, uh, 12 into St. Nicholas of Myra. St. Nicholas of Myra was, he punched Arian right in the face in front of all the other clergy and cussed him up one side and down the other. You know, he was arrested. There was, there's, I just don't understand this mentality because let me tell you, when you see the vileness of these Luciferians, you, you get angry and you, there's no way you're going to control that kind of mouth. Oh, let me sit there. Oh, come on. You haven't seen bloodshed Amen. if you're really still preaching that. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, folks, let me, let me. <laughs> I understand vulgarity. I understand it. I I don't. I understand language in front of women. I understand it. I don't put up with my grandkids. I get it. I get it. That's not the argument that we're having here. I don't think it is. Okay, it's not there. It's not there. Can Can I, uh, uh, Spencer, go to um, uh, Webster's real quickly? I'll be right with you. A lot of you want to get in there. I'm sorry. But hey, listen, please. Now look, don't get offended. Don't get offended. I can't watch him anymore. He's not against cussing. Oh, Lord. Piety. P-I-E-T-Y. P-I-E-T-Y. Piety. Okay? Piety in principle is a compound of veneration or reverence of the supreme being and love of his character or veneration accompanied with love. And piety in practice is the exercise of these affections and obedience to his will and devotion to his service. Piety is also reverence of parents or friends accompanied with affection and devotion to their honor and happiness. So piety is this, acting like a Christian when people see it, but not being one when people aren't looking. That's pious. The form of godliness, right? I don't ever want to come across pious. I'm all man. I'm all man. I'm a carnal man. I learned every cuss word in the world, made them up. I know them all. I don't use them all. And I certainly would never use them, try and never use them inappropriately. But I take a guy who's got a solid, committed heart towards the Lord, the Lord, over somebody who appears to be righteous. You with me, folks? You know you know what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. I'm not. I'm not asking you to butt it, but pat me on the back and butter me up and tell me what a great guy. That's not what I'm. That's not what I'm talking about, huh? Huh? I want a. I want a snot snorting linebacker to go knock somebody on their arse. If you know what I'm talking about, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not. I'm not looking for a guy who's got his uniform all put on properly. Boy, he looks like a player. No, no. I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that wedge buster on the kickoff. That's what I'm looking for. I think the Lord's looking for the wedge busters too. I think he'll clean them up. Jeff, no. Yeah, great coach. Um, 
in Colossians chapter 3, it talks about the carnally of the mind and the character of new, the new man. But in, in verse 8, it says this, But now you yourselves are to put off all these, all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Now, when I stand before people and they're cussing at me with all kind of vulgarity, I'm not going to stoop to that level. Of course not. But how you be a shining light and a flavor of salt when you act like the world? So you use very good tact on it. So, you know, we do. We do Amen. Yeah, we do. Amen. But then don't stoop to that level. But right there. I don't don't go to the abortion. I don't go to the abortion clinic and cuss people out. (laughs) No, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, Jack, come on in. Then Paul. I like to mess somebody there. Without going into the details of the story, um, I had a skipper on a submarine. You get pretty close to people. You know where the warts are. You know the good and the bad. Well, I had a skipper that I really detested because of his lifestyle and whatnot. But I got news for you. If we were in a wartime condition, you were talking about being at war, folks. I would follow him anywhere. He was courageous nerves of steel and brilliant uh strategist i would follow him anywhere i detested the man but i would follow him anywhere it also Mm -hmm. helped to have a dad praying in a field in northern canada from two o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the morning when they were trying to kill us so but amen he you know we went through some stuff and so we look for people of strength and and valor that doesn't necessarily mean sainthood. That's right. It does. It's about uh, uh, your your behavior is your witness, folks. Your behavior is your witness. So I'm standing on the corner drinking a beer, cussing along with the guys as I'm sharing the gospel. That ain't a very good witness. That isn't a very good witness. Uh, Paul, Doctor Paul. Please call me Paul. Anyway, yeah, I've never sworn on this show. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I, uh, I've never lost a patient for swearing, but I've got my point across. Um, the fact is, I think there's more truth to, in the emotion of sometimes when you got to get your point across. And sometimes it just comes out. And you're quite nice. If I'm going to go to hell for swearing, I'm going to eat a lot of soap up there. Paul, me too. And listen, folks, I spent uh, I spent the first 30 years of my life, well, not the first 30, but middle middle uh, 15 years of my life uh, using F before anything. F this, F and this, F and that, F and this. Give me the F and this, give me the F and that, give me the Right? Right? That's that old carnal nature. That's, those words still pop up in my head. I just thank you I have the Holy Spirit that controls that I don't say them. Right? We have control over our lives now. Before, I just didn't. I couldn't control my tongue. Now I can. Mark Trump. Hey, Coach. I tell you, this is uh, very interesting to see what triggers people. Going back to what you said, these people probably stay quiet whenever, you know, it's talk about doing stuff out in the world. When it talks about speaking truth, they're going to wait until a moment like this to speak truth, and then you spend the next day, you know, spending time on these people who think they're self-righteous and want to condemn people in the huddle. 
whenever there's all of this evil going on outside, they're going to spend time coaching us on some guy's video that you showed us to learn. I wonder if they got the context of the video in their heads or if they were triggered by a foul word just to disrupt your dialogue and your show and to take you on. And they're sitting back now, Coach, probably all self-righteous that you spent your time on this. And it's so sad. I agree with Reggie. Well, Where's listen, their I, priorities? Where's their priorities when this is what triggers them? It's so sad, Coach. It's so sad. I'm just disappointed. Well, Mark, in fairness, uh, both uh, it was done out of love. They, they were not being pious. They were not out. They're not. They were not. It was done out of love, man. I know. It was done out of love. It's a good subject to bring up. Yep. It's a good yep. one to spend time on. Yep. Sure. I, I I said, listen. Uh, I received. I received what you said, and the spirit it was given. God bless you. Thanks for speaking the truth. I'm not. I'm not criticizing at all. Not, I'm not. I understand. Not well, I, maybe I am. Well done, well, I, servant. What I'm, about I'm, the babies? What about? Well, my point is, as I started out, why do we get so offended at one another? That's. Amen. You know, and by by the way, Amen. I respect people who come to me well, with their complaint. I respect people who come to me. They don't call somebody else and talk about it. They came to me and said, you know, golly. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Thing. It's okay, but it yeah, also no. shows their heart, Coach. It shows their I'm cool. heart. I'm cool with it, man. I'm, I'm cool. I, I appreciate it. Roger, come on in. Well, Dave, I think how you started out is fine. Your your issue was why do people get so worked up about a cuss word and, and maybe not something else? That foundationally is a good start. But I can go to no less than 10 scriptures in about 10 seconds that says, watch your mouth. Um, I think of Proverbs 13, 3. He who guards his lips guards his life. But he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody cusses more than I do. I used to cuss in my Sunday school class, and I did exactly <laughs> what you said. My pastor said, well, you're cussing in there. And I said, you ought to be more concerned about the boys sleeping around with their girlfriends. That all <laughs> makes sense. And emotionally makes Amen. sense. But scripture is very clear on this. Yep. You need to keep an eye on what you say and how you say Amen. it. Amen. Amen. Roger. Amen, Roger. And I am not making an excuse for what I played. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. I, I counted that cost and I did it. Uh, uh, but I get it. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not mad. I honored the people who. Uh, God bless them. They came to me. I, pr I appreciate it. Point I'm making is we have we we want to look like Christians. Now our witness matters. That's what Roger just read. We got to, yeah, it matters. Well, I think I think what Jeff said is so important. We don't need to get down in the gutter with them. No, the, that's right. If Amen. the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is with the conversation. You want to honor the Holy Spirit with righteous Amen. conversation. Amen. I, I couldn't agree more. I stand, I stand with those who brought it to my attention. I stand with them. I think they did the right thing by bringing it to my attention. I'm simply responding. I'm not angry at them. I, I, I get it. They're right. They are right. I get it. I get it. It matters. It does matter. It does matter. In fact, you don't... Do I want people going around and say, you mean that guy's a Christian and he's playing the F word on his show? I, I get it. That's, we hold one another accountable. 
I get it. Thank you. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Kathy. Well, Coach, we don't, it's not only us that hold each other accountable. They're watching us. Let me tell you what happened. One little slip last Saturday at the abortion clinic. They actually had people out there deliberately trying to trigger me. It was no joke. They were playing foul, nasty music right next to me. They had a sign that says, we're not with this idiot. I mean, all kinds of stuff I was hearing. And this one big fat girl, she's walking up and down saying, um, you know, all all this stuff. So I, it finally just came out. I just turned around and I said, you're an asshole. And as soon as I said that, that opened the floodgates. Then they, <laughs> then they you know, F you and, and yep. this is an asshole and just all of it came down on me and I'm like oh I I regretted it so much but in that one second when it just came out of my mouth they're what they're waiting for us to lose it so then then, I I agree I agree you're supposed to be a Christian they're waiting they're trying to trigger us so you really get it comes back it comes back to what I said though see a couple weeks ago we don't even really know what it means to be a Christian does it we really we really don't even know we really, we, we really don't even know. Says, boy, he doesn't act like a Christian. What does that mean? He doesn't act like one. I'm not acting. It's like the best vitamin you can take is Christian vitamin B1. Try vitamin B1. Try that one. Tom Stout. Tom, come on in, Tom. Oh, Coach, I, I have to tell you, I in all the year or so, year and a half I've been listening to the show, I never have cried before until yesterday. It's because I have felt so often like I am the only one. And um, and I yeah. listened to that guy two more times yesterday. I wanted mm-hmm. to put him on. I did too. I did too. Because you, you know what? That was the raw emotion of the American male. That, that's, what, that's what I saw yesterday. Yes, it was vulgar. Yes, it was vulgar. But if you walk any place outside of your church, that's the kind of language you're hearing, boys and girls. That's what you're hearing. So uh, I apologize, but don't apologize. I, I hope I'm striking a fine line here. Janine, come on in. Um, I think if we understand what the words actually meant, we probably wouldn't say them. The word, you know, F-U-C-K is for unlawful carnal knowledge. It's far worse um, in the early days what they did. They put them in stocks. So I don't get offended really when, uh, which offend means to cause someone to sin. I don't feel offended by the word F, you know, but I do get really angry when I hear someone say G-D because that's blasphemy. So I think we understood what the words meant probably we wouldn't say them as much and we'd laugh it, laugh it Amen. off a lot Amen. more than what we I'm did. I'm with you. Amen. Amen. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you. Amen. Don Voss, come on in, Don and Jessica. Janine just stole my thunder, but that's it, Coach. It it pains my heart more when I hear JC this and JC that and yep. GD yep. this and JD that. I, yep. Those other words, it, you're a wordsmith. Cursing yep. means you're cursing a brother, right? Yeah, it's not cursing. That's true. So it's language. You got to understand it's what simply, the words mean. Yeah, it's simply language. And, yes, and you you can witness a lot to a person that's having those issues if you just say you know 
cut out the GD and the JC and let's have a conversation. Amen. And yeah, I'm with there's you. a, y- amen. Yes, but, I'm with uh, you on that. I agree. Couldn't agree more. Believe, Couldn't believe agree. you me. I don't no. think you offended many of us. And well, I do understand that you, no, you I, I understand that we, we, um, well, the people I heard from Don weren't offended. They were, they were just doing what a good brother would do. Say, hey, watch it. You know, that's all. They, they weren't offended. They weren't. I offended. get it, and I, I, t- I would take that too. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I, t- I took it in the right spirit. I am. Listen, I'm not angry at him. God bless him if they had the courage to to say it to me, Jessica. Thanks, Coach. Um, you know, I used to. I used to be one who would get offended at, uh, at language. And, um, I don't know, I don't know why, but I just got over it. <laughs> and, um, no, it's everywhere, uh, isn't it? It's everywhere. Yeah. And, and you know what? Um, the, I feel, I can't help but feel like there's just a little bit of cherry picking going on with this because, you know, there's, there's scripture that says coarse jesting. Well, what's coarse jesting, hmm. you know? I mean, you ever, you ever, um, you know, kind of give your brother or sister a hard time, you know, yeah. you're worried about whether or not you're going to offend them. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I just feel like it's, it's splitting hairs and nitpicking a little bit, but I, one thing I, I did not hear yesterday, I did not hear you come on and say, here's Aaron Lewis. He's a Christian. And this is yeah. a song he wrote. You know, nobody, nobody was saying that, um, that Aaron Lewis is a Christian or, or knows his spiritual condition or anything. You said this heart attitude is the kind of attitude that we need to have when it's yeah. fighting this evil period, you know? So the guy dropped a couple F-bombs. It's like, I just, I just don't get it. We're, we're at war here. Like, like Naomi said, you know, we're in the foxhole. It's like, you didn't come on and drop an F-bomb. You didn't say that. Yes, did. He did. Yeah. And you and you even gave fair warning beforehand. You said, okay, don't get offended. This guy's going to say some words, but just listen to the meat of the song. And that's what, I don't see why that, that's a problem. I really no, don't. It's not, listen, it's not, I'm not making it more than a problem. I appreciate those who brought it up because it's something, I mean, they got, they have, they're right. They're right. They're right. But we don't want to strain it in that and swallow a camel either. That's, that's the other side of it. Julie, then Mark. Good morning. Thanks, Coach. This is a great show. Um, it was so crazy. Before the show even started, I wrote down um, Colossians 4. Uh, where is it? Hold on. Five. And it's, um, it says, behave wisely toward outsiders, making full use of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be gracious and interesting so that you will know how to respond to any particular individual. So I thought that kind of fit with what we were talking about. But, yeah, it, that, that spirit Amen. is yeah, rampant. Amen. The enemy is just trying to come here and disrupt this huddle. And, you know, we're all family and we all, you yep. know, like-minded. Amen. Well, nobody was trying to disrupt the huddle. They, they weren't trying to disrupt the huddle. Hey, folks, listen. You get, you know who I am. You get, you get, there's nobody out there that loves the Lord more than me. Nobody loves the Lord more than me. And uh, you guys know that. So praise the Lord. Let's march to victory. Mark, come on in. 
Take her, yeah, it's uh, the spirit behind the words that are spoken. And, you know, um, from experience, and I know you know from experience, when you're standing at the abortion clinic, people drive, drive by and throw an F-bomb your way without even thinking about it. Anybody that's offended by that or notices that, um, they're not going to be back the next time. I've taught my kids at the abortion clinic, you pray for those folks that throw those F-bombs at you. That's your cue to pray for them. And it's the spirit behind it. You were making a point. You weren't jumping in uh, with them uh, necessarily, but making a point. And the people that are offended or even notice, they're not going to be in that foxhole with you anyway. They're going to be marching in lockstep to the detention center. Um, then, that's, my, that's my opinion on so here's, Thank so you. Here's, here's my point. We start out talking. We got to run. I'm not offended. Folks, let's not get so easily offended. And let's have a relationship with one another where somebody can email me or call me and say, Coach, you know, I think you were wrong here. And I not get mad about it. And they not get mad about it. Let's not pick up the offense against one another. We're going to all be in this foxhole together. I need accountability. We all need that accountability. Let's drop the rocks and quit throwing them at each other. Let's not allow it to become an offense. That's all I'd say. Bless y'all. Coach is happy as can be today. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not mad at anything. And uh, let's tighten our belts and earn our meal money. Bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.